0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gentleman's Journal podcast. I'm Joe Bullmore, the editor of Gentleman's Journal, and our guest today is the singer, songwriter, and perhaps the loveliest and most thoughtful man in all of pop music, it's George Ezra. George is about to release his third album. It's called The Gold Rush Kid, and it's a record that he says is his most personal and honest yet. It's also a huge amount of fun, of course, the sort of sun-baked perfection that George does so uniquely well. So, In a highly enjoyable episode, we speak about the origins of George's remarkable voice, the weirdness of social media in the modern age, and how he almost lost a foot, sort of, while walking the length of the British Isles. Enjoy! But before we begin, I'd love to tell you very briefly about The Gentleman's Journal Shop, our new men's style destination full of the independent brands that we love. You can find it at shop.thegentlemansjournal.com. That's shop.thegentlemansjournal.com. Head over there for special, unique releases from a fine curation of brands, and plenty of picks and pointers from people in the industry who really ought to know. I'm sure you'll find something you love. I never quite know how to start these things, but hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good man,
1: I am good. good. Got the training this morning. I was kind of because I'm, I'm doing a few interviews today. Yeah. At first, the suggestion was, oh, we could split this over a few days. I'm mm. like, I'd rather just yeah jump into it if there's yeah. the time. And you're the first of the day.
0: That's good. So you're fresh, fresh, okay. really excited, and you're not jaded. I have done junkets when I'm 19th or something in a slot. Yeah. And someone literally it was actually with um Major Laser. Right. It was over a very bad internet connection. and I was sweating. And he and Diplo from Major Laser. This is a great name job to start yeah. with. He goes, 10 uh, people have asked me that question today. Next question. Oh, dude. And, it, and then I was off. I mean, yeah, it, of I course. had a 45 minute slot. Uh, he was very nice for the rest of it. And yeah. if he ever wants to do something more yeah. fulsome, we're here. But thank you for joining us, George. Not at all. First of the day. So your album comes out in a matter of weeks. What's the kind of mood before an album drops, as they say? What is it? kind of nerves is it excitement a bit of i don't know
1: i think there's like the the party
0: line which is that it's very exciting and
1: i can't wait but and the truth (laughs) is i'm quite impatient and there genuinely is this feeling of especially once things like getting the artwork finished yeah and and they're things that you can't really fake you know if it's right or not and it's the same with the production you kind of you can sit around and scratch heads but there is a time we're actually you say one step back you're like yeah. oh yeah we're done
0: here right so what usually holds it up is it just they want to release it at the optimum
1: yeah then, then there's the reality of and and of course it's a positive thing yeah. i'm signed to a major record label and the, the whole point of that kind of relationship is there's this yeah there's a team of people that know no george you don't just put this on the internet <laughs> yeah. you know yeah um and so that's that's what's happening. And you have to, it's almost like being the child in the room and kind of
0: reminding yourself, oh, no, they, they there's a reason right. that we're, we're holding off. And is it because it's, you know, then we'll be right in the thick of summer and your your songs and your, I don't know, the way you are, is quite well attuned to some sunny cheerfulness.
1: Yeah. I, do you know what? It's like, on the last record, before the release of that album, obviously I knew that Shotgun was yeah. going to be on that album. And let's use the analogy of me being the kid. I was a hyperactive kid going, Leslie Shotgun. I was really excited about that song. Yeah, of course. It kind of made me a bit nervous when I heard it. I was like, Ooh. it felt um was I gonna to step too far? At the time was really? I thinking. Well, just because it was so I guess it's good to remind myself, in my head, mm. I started playing open mic nights with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. <laughs> And in some way, that's still who I am. So it's not that I feel like an imposter as much as sometimes I have to remind myself that's where it started. So when I hear, you know, this song that for the most part doesn't really even have a guitar in it, you know, there was this excited energy around that. And it was actually the head of the record label said, honestly, you need to hold off releasing that because it will be... It'd be much better to release it once the sun's out. And I remember thinking, that's rubbish. That's not true. You yeah. know. And sure enough, you know, it coincided with a real heat wave. And you realize, yeah, no, these music does soundtrack, these yeah. summers, winters, whatever it is. Um and so maybe that does play a part in it. What we're also I'm being reminded of at the minute, and it feels very unique to how we experience releasing music. Is that for some reason, it always takes between 10 and 15 weeks for my songs to hit their peak yeah. in the charts. It's really odd. And and I don't know if I don't think it's a negative or a positive. I think that there's not many examples of that of peers, you know, around me. Yeah. I and remember, so that's a part of it too, you know. Right. So they're like,
0: kind of lovely slow builds. Yeah. And it's not just a flash in the
1: pan. Yeah. No? yeah. Yeah. So How I guess
0: interesting. that's
1: maybe... Sorry, I don't know if any of that is interesting or not. No, it's very know. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's very
0: interesting. And it's interesting to know, it almost sounds like when you hear a song like Shotgun, you're almost wonderfully surprised that it's come from you. Is that fair to say? Or Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's it's more, I feel very, in those moments, I feel very grateful of the guys I get to work with yeah. and the fact that I have experienced so far an awful lot of patience and space of right. just going to try things out and it's not lost on me. I think that, you know, I still write with one guy, his name's Joel yeah. and we wrote the first record together. Um, And on the first record, there was still a bit of, would you try writing with this person, mm. this person? And of course I'll show <coughs> willing, but I kind of say just, Give us some time, and that was repeated on the second record a bit. Of will you try writing with this person? Of yeah. course, I'll try, but this time there was not even a whiff of that. You know, it's no. like no, you, you've got it. Take your Fine. time, and I think that's the bit that, as a younger artist, it was hard to appreciate completely. Was that whatever it is you do, there's a there's a period of kind of cutting your teeth or earning the right yeah. or and, or maybe just earning
0: the confidence of the people you're working with. Are you now the kind of... Do you feel like you're a fully formed, confident George Ezra? I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I think about this album... And I think you have to caveat that by saying it's not like this kind of bullshit. We've got this kind of thing. Right. But when I sit and listen to this album you kind of go, that sounds to me like 10 years of say a writing partnership. And it sounds like 10 years of touring under one name and kind of knowing that's another big thing is being comfortable with your audience.
0: Yeah. I've heard you say before in a couple of interviews that this feels like it's closest to your voice, not Mm. just lyrically, but also kind of actually vocally. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? And what do you mean by that? Is it a conscious thing? Yeah, well, it was it was a real conscious thing to imitate
1: other musicians. Yeah, you know, you back kind in of. The day. Yeah, and I was I was playing in bands and trying to make my voice as big as it could be. You mm. know, and that and that has sounded very different at different times. I'm sure there are people that open their mouth and that's their voice.
0: Yeah. Um, was there a moment when you were on stage as that kind of 15, 16, and suddenly this because Led Belly's one of the influences, right? So suddenly this big, huge other person's voice comes out of you and you think, oh, hold on. Yeah,
1: I think I must have tried it in my bedroom or something. You know, that's surely the way that it will have played out. (laughs) I would have tried it out. And I think you owe a lot to um, the confidence of being a teenager to even have got on a stage. (laughs) Like if I hadn't done that today, like I love stand-up comedy. That's something I love. And I go, I cannot imagine... Oh my God. What would have to happen to to try that?
0: Yeah. To stand on But yeah, it must be the most pure... I always think that. I think you know it must be the most pure joy when it goes right. Yeah. So what's the problem with the fear? But yet, for me, the fear... I'm not even close to being a comedian, but for me, the fear is still far greater. Yeah. And that's the the, the kind of... The naivety, the arrogance of youth, maybe. Yeah. In your case. Yeah, it was. a, A complete, like...
1: And I guess kind of a a dumb trust in just like, oh, yeah, you just try it out. Yeah. Which I just, I don't know that I have that anymore.
0: You must have been conscious on on some level that you needed something to make you different because there were so many, Mm -hmm. you know, singer-songwriters, so many bands around that time.
1: Indie was quite still
0: huge. Yeah, the indie, like,
1: the band thing... I found very frustrating and like it it found you know even just agreeing on what you're gonna bloody call yourselves yeah what were some of of your band names it probably doesn't matter let's not go there because then you can dig it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no I but even that it's like the what are we gonna play at tomorrow's gig Well, Mm. we've only got four songs so and they want us to play five so that shouldn't even be a conversation (laughs) just play the songs you know and we'll do a cover yeah um, and so that was kind of the push to start performing solo. And then you, I'd moved to Bristol. Yeah. And there really was, like, you couldn't move for kind of floppy-haired singer-songwriters. And I was very really aware of that. I was like, oh, you're one of these people. And so what can you do? I started to, like, tune my guitar lower. I'm yeah. not the best guitarist. So you, Like, it's like, how do you have Alana Capo an awful lot and play the same chords and that's always I've been happy with that it's a str- and then something happens where you're kind of you lose the I think the ability just to jump up at an, an open mic yeah and then that kind of goes full circle where you know it's not like I'm not going to go doing it tomorrow night but it would actually be quite a nice thing to
0: get to up to do and an just open play. mic do you, do you know what I mean yeah you know, just to for the activity yeah. not for yeah any other reason yeah and
1: I feel far more able this time round yeah. to kind of appreciate what's going on yeah. around me. And it's not that I didn't appreciate it in the past, but I was somewhat tunnel visioned and just like get through it. It was yeah. so intense.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are you better adjusted to it? Because it, I can't imagine the cycle of touring and... Getting up on stage all the time—it must be exhilarating and then exhausting. It must have lots of peaks and troughs.
1: Yeah, I don't actually know that I like touring. I don't know. That's I'm genuinely yeah. like I. I love performing, and I don't actually think what I do is very hard. I think what the, the hard bit is the, the rinse and repeat, yeah. and. I remember as a teenager, the only thing I wanted to do was travel. That was it. Mm. I wanted, you know, at any cost, was it in my head? I used to, even at kind of 14, dream about what estate car I'd be able to put a mattress in the back of and go, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and now we do that, but it's very, uh, it feels very separate to travel
0: because it's uh because you're one night in one city, then yeah. on the road. I know yeah.
1: that's like a common observation with what we do. But it's almost like you get all the fatigue, yeah, without any of the kind yeah. of distraction. I mean, in the past as well, I was really like, I think it's worth highlighting the fact that on the last record, in particular, I was extremely, I think, unhappy actually yeah. d- during it. I think, and I think it was self inflicted. But it's almost as if any calm I feel about the operation now is as a result of it getting as far in that direction right.
0: before. When you think back to that unhappiness, does it have a kind of certain look to you, does that have a feel to you? What's the kind of flavour of it? Is it very tense and anxious? Mm. Is it just kind of low-key melancholy? I, feel, I felt very scared, I think. I felt, scared? I, yeah, I think I did. I think
1: I... Uh, it coincided with shotgun in particular is a song that did something that is a kind of, you can't control and it got real kind of mainstream commercial yeah. success, success, but that there's no real training for that. And this is why I mean it's self inflicted because I was also a driven 24 year old dude that was like yeah let's see how far we can push this so there yeah. was this like and i'm I'm aware that you, you kind of pursued this thing but then i think i got it into my head that that was going to change life or change like interactions for the better no for the worse oh, i thought okay. that's what i thought i thought it was going to kind of um
0: because some people have the opposite; they chase the I don't know the gold medal mm. or something, thinking that's going to be the answer. No. They chase the number one hit thing; that's going to be the answer. You were scared that it actually might what make things less genuine when people yeah, to you. Yeah, just I, I just I didn't know, man. I didn't I didn't know where to look around me for an example of what
1: this looks like in your day to day life. And I think as well, I started to. Um, expect an awful lot for myself and it was like I couldn't say no to things and right. I just oh, man it was a
0: because the kind of juggernaut of the record it's just going and you're just like well if I don't make the most of this once in a lifetime thing potentially this is it man it's like that kind of dude if yeah. you don't do this now you're going to kick you're yourself forever gonna you're forever going to be the
1: yeah. guy in the corner of a pub saying I could have Yeah, and I don't know how interesting could have is No, and so I pursued this thing that I don't necessarily know if I want no I know that's completely like, well, dude, you did it. I get that. Uh, it's like this curiosity. I think the unhappiness was, um, I just felt very stressed. And I think you kind of, we rely in our 20s to try and figure out who we are yeah. in relation to the world around us. And I was in a very good job of convincing myself and then an audience, whoever was interested, that I kind of had an idea of who that was and right. I didn't. And then... As these things go, the revelation isn't actually that huge. You take one kind of side shuffle and you go, oh, you're right. right. You're fine. Yeah. I think that's it. I think I love my home life as much as I do. I'm very fortunate to have yeah. family and friends nearby. And I was actively pursuing this thing that I was convinced was going to take me away from that.
0: You worried you'd become kind of what? Like a, like a classic rock star, like a Hollywood big name. And that's not you at all.
1: And now in hindsight, the reality is actually that kind of mainstream commercial success Mm. that it it relies on kind of a passive audience. So there is, of course, a fan base, but those songs exist outside of the artist. Actually, my connection to it was minute for most people.
0: They knew, oh, they hear it in the radio and they're kind of tapping their foot and going, tapping their foot. Oh, that's a good song, yeah. Yeah. But they won't tell you. They're not the kind of audience that then wants to go like, what's the B-side? Or, you know, where did they record it? Oh, it's the shotgun. Yeah. Okay.
1: How interesting. I I think that's my, as I've observed it, I think that's true. And I think that's, of course, now, and then you, um, it's amazing as well, how much it dips between campaigns, as it were, so, like, you get you're more recognisable. It seems whilst promoting something, almost as if in some <laughs> shared subconscious, it's like, oh, there's I've yeah. Seen as soon as you stop actually going, I'm here. New music. People just people don't, don't mind. See you. Or, or don't care. Don't I don't care. know which one it is. Yeah. And actually, I should. I, if for nobody else but myself, say the interactions you do have with people are really lovely. I, that's the thing. I don't know what I built it up in my head to be before, but it's for the most part, you people are really sweet.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting because that song is so happy. And and in my association, it reminds me of so many good times and on beaches and all the yeah. summery memories. And um, and it's so interesting that to you in, in your head, that might be pegged to quite a difficult period.
1: But I, I think I, I, I remind myself to kind of, disconnect Yeah, like i'd love that tune man
0: yeah. i really do
1: and i and i love the when i talk about a passive audience i don't begrudge that at all yeah I, it's just an observation I'd, like we'd, we're we playing um the radio on big weekend for instance in a few weeks time and the position that we have and the audience that will come along is i'm aware that happens as a result of yeah i think what's remarkable i think i have to be like no do you need to be patient with yourself because it is if it's something to get your head around yeah it's just something to get your head around and i think that that's what the process has been over the last however many years is just coming to terms with it Yeah
0: how much of the um success of songs like that in budapest do you think is down to your lyrics which are mm -hmm. very like as a writer they're instantly kind of colourful, jump mm. out, sometimes incongruous, but completely original. I mean, that opening line of Shotgun, I'm sure you've spoken about this, but it's unusual. What is it? What Can you tell us what it means?
1: Well, that's the funny thing as well about, the, for me, that lyric <laughs> is the, the see you later, alligator yeah. kind of thing. And don't ask me why, but I just reversed it. So alligator, see you later. But yeah. I put the homegrown there. Because it was this idea of being a lad from a place that yeah. liked that place, and say, so "I'm going to go on a little adventure." And sure enough,
0: yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, but that makes so. I mean, it's, that makes so much sense. But there's, it's, it seems to be so true. But like, if you had to come up with, okay, how can we express that sentiment? You'd never come to the yeah. line homegrown alligator. But then when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. that lands.
1: I hear you. I, I think like. I don't know. If I think about music I love, I feel like it's – because I, li- I was talking to my guitarist about this the other day, and he he doesn't – he won't be anywhere without a guitar in his hand yeah. in some way. An electric guitar not plugged in, just going through <laughs> scales. I'm sure I've seen him sleeping playing. I'm not just saying that. There was one dressing room. Where I was like, I think he snored <laughs> just then. And he was saying like he grew up not really paying attention to lyrics. Yeah. And I think we do either with, we do or we don't. It's the bit I have fun with. Like I said, I'm not a very good guitarist and I, and I never, Um, kind of, I remember my dad taught me a few chords. It was a G, a C and a D. And when I do like acoustic promo, I use the capo and for green, green grass, anyone for you, shotgun, Budapest, they're all GC and D. Mm. I've got, and I like that. I, like yeah. that's It's that kind of, It still makes me, like if an evening, I play guitar most evenings, I'm not very adventurous with it. I kind of, because, and even when I try and be, I find myself playing really familiar chord shapes and just writing little bits over them. I think there's fun to be had with lyrics. I also think that this isn't like me laying down my big manifesto against pop music at all. I, but I find at times we've got ourselves into this corner where we take pop music a little too seriously would be my, right. yeah. And and I think there is a time and a place for that, but it does make me chuckle. It, like I kind of, for me, it's like this surely is entertainment. Yeah. Maybe that isn't the coolest word to use anymore, but it's like, just actually boil it down.
0: Yeah. You know, it is meant to be diverting and fun. It's a pleasure. distraction
1: piece, yeah. you know. Really, for any of us, yeah. um, I think things like that. Like I'm thinking now, it's because it's a good. I enjoy thinking about these things. You're asked often, oh, "What music do you listen to?" Yeah, and you you soon learn that the, the best thing to do is instead of umming and ahhing and going um, you you kind of have your go to three artists. Yeah. And one of the people that I will have referenced a lot in the past is Paul Simon. And when yeah. I think about his lyrics as a yeah. kid. I remember diamonds on the soles of her shoes as a kid, you don't you don't understand pre- no, in fact, I thought he was saying diamonds on her sofas and shoes, yeah. but it's just an Almost image better. yeah, you, know, <laughs> you can't say that but it is it's that whole that yeah. whole Graceland record, and even him saying Julio, you know yeah. another way it's they're fun a good name
0: or a good yeah, reference yeah, yeah. of a place it can just help it's just fun. it is just fun. yeah, he seems to have a lot of fun with it. yeah. Well, I hope he's happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, never, yeah. I remember like Paul. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I've seen um, interviews with him back in the day, and he seems very serious about it all yeah. in a way. Just and then he'll come out, yeah, something like 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, which seems like almost a novelty track, but yeah. it's so good. So this, this album's called The Gold Rush Kid, mm. and I've heard you say that it's got a kind of energy of the gold rush, the, you know, the rush to the wild mm. frontiers and the West... People often say that you're a kind of, you're a fairly nostalgic artist. Mm. You remind you of artists from other decades. Do you feel like you are born in the wrong era? That's Um, a big question.
1: Well, you know, it's the kind of thing that you'd like say on a date to seem like deeper than you are. I just sometimes feel like I was born in the (laughs) wrong era. Um, Do I? I don't know, I find the modern world, can I swear? Please. I find it fucking weird. I find it really, really odd. I find it, um, you know, I was in the... I don't know.
0: Give me an example, something that's happened recently.
1: I just find social media really bizarre. I find that my my relationship with it, I'm like this adult that has to, for the most part, just it does good to delete it from my Mm. phone. And what's that? That's something that's more powerful than your will. Because I don't like... and then I kind of pride myself on going through phases of turning my phone off at 9pm. Mm. So, dude, that's not impressive, you know. But yeah. any time I do it, I'm far more creative and engaged. I think more of an evening.
0: Yeah. And, um, I read that about you in, in um, I think it was the Guardian mm. interview, that you phone, turned your phone off at 9pm. Mm. And last night I was like, right, I'm going to turn my phone off at 9pm. Mm. But obviously, I turned mm. it back on. Ten yeah. minutes later, like, Oh, I do have to check that. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it's 11 and I'm looking at my phone in bed. And thinking George wouldn't do this. <laughs> what would George do? <laughs> what would George do? <laughs> but like I agree with you, it's such an odd beast. And also, on a personal level, it's odd, but culturally, everyone's always like, oh, the culture wars were so angry at each other because of Twitter. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's because of Twitter. People yeah. aren't angry at each other. So no. why don't we all agree that actually get rid of Twitter? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't
1: get rid of no, Twitter. No, no, no. And like I I'm not the person to, because I would just sit here going, uh, uh, trying to figure out what the answer is. I just one. find it an odd time.
0: Um, what do you think? I've asked my, um, my parents this a few times what they thought the objectively best decade was. Okay. Not like where they were at life stage. Yeah. They said the seventies was quite fun, but actually was, you know, there was kind of three day weeks and no electricity. Yeah. And I think my oldest brother was given birth to in candlelight. Sounds pretty good. Is he a but romantic
1: also, today? Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Simon is definitely a, a romantic. Um, but I think we all are in the Bournemouth family. But um, apart from Thomas, who's a government lawyer and is wonderful. But anyway, it's fine because none of them listen to this. But yeah, no, it's, uh, they said the 70s and 80s. And I think, I have this theory that the 90s, culture peaked in 1999 when the music industry peaked, when CDs were at the height of their thing. And bands were getting signed for, you know, 10 million pounds. That's when everything was just about going to be okay. Maybe not for everyone, but it seemed good. It seemed like it was always summer.
1: But surely your parents say the 70s because the age they were over then, yep. and you say the 90s because you were. Because I was age, a nine. There'll yeah, be, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, I can't let myself, like for instance, promoting this record for the first time, it's really hard to get a gauge of where an audience is looking. Right. That's the, and again, not to make this too much like how the sausage is made. It's a bit like in the part <laughs> yeah. when we did radio one live lounge last, yeah. last week. And on the first record, that was huge. Right. On the second record, it was still, and I'm not suggesting it's not a big opportunity and a, mm. but you kind of look at the impact it has in, and it's like, Oh, that isn't quite what it was. And again, i don't that's mm. just and so then you go oh, okay so that's where are people looking and i think the truth is we're all looking in different directions <laughs> yeah to find our, fragmented yeah and and i don't think that's a bad thing no. and there'll be a generation that are 15 today and in years down the line they'll be like god the heady days of the yeah the 20s yeah you know exactly God, and, it was so it's just simple. the
0: way it is pure instagram so lovely and wholesome
1: it's funny seeing um the 90s resurgence and like yeah. seeing kids dress yeah in a way i and it i know that every generation will say that when fashion comes back around but it makes me laugh
0: that <laughs> that's I in vogue like, again yeah like they're listening to blink 182 it's not even <laughs> like the it's not even like nirvana and grunge anymore now it's like real kind of pop-punk, yeah, Avril Lavigne, yeah, 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 who's man. not necessarily, in my eyes, a fashion icon, but what do I know? Yeah. It's very, very interesting. But in what makes me, we were talking in the pub at the weekend, me and my friends,
1: we were saying, that means, surely, that at some point, that kind of like, noughties indie thing, will have a resurgence. Yeah.
0: You need to get ahead of that now. And What's that? look? What did... What, what did well, who I mean, Julian Casablanca is like a low, very tight tee.
1: What was interesting the, though yeah. about fashion in the past is I think people embraced a kind of I guess like a cheaper, rougher look. Right. And now fashion is like kids are wearing brands Expensive. that I can't get my head around. How are you affording how yeah. are you affording that? And yeah. and how are you then affording to actually exist, live, have mm. I don't know. So <laughs> there you go. Do you remember the uh, what was it? What was the Top Man deal?
0: Two T-shirts for a. Ten- yeah. Do you remember those T-shirts? Yeah. God, they dressed the nation. They really and did. Gentlemen. Yeah. Top Man was. I don't think it's Top Man still around. Not on the high street. I think it's online. There you know, go. Dude. We don't know. Time to bring it back. So you went on a long walk fairly recently.
1: Went on a really long That's, walk. Yeah. yeah. Last year, me and two friends walked from Lands End to John O'Groats. It's full on. It was... Um, How are your feet? Mine were knackered really early on. It was interesting. We all went for different footwear. I remember the first time I went to Reading Festival, my dad lent me an old pair of walking boots that he had had when he was younger. Nice. And I'm like, there's something of the kind of, <laughs> oh, I want to have my pair of walking boots that I can give to somebody. <laughs> so I bought this leather pair of walking boots and everyone was like, whatever you do, George, do not wear them to walk one thousand two hundred miles, anyway, right? Which is what it was. And Why do what
0: leather's not the thing? Like because you, it's but not you, breathable.
1: You'd, you'd, it's not that you will have about broken them in halfway through. But oh, okay. you, do, you need. So what, one of the guys wore what essentially looked like quite a techie pair of running trainers, and his feet were fine the yeah. whole time. Um,
0: <laughs> you basically had a kind of military style, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And two weeks in, I was in. I had to go to hospital with a blister that was infected. Oh my god. And they'd said it was the um <laughs> it was showing signs of what would then become sepsis. It was this black medieval
0: goo. Sorry to anyone listening. <sighs> so was you'd have drained. Have to, oh my god, we're almost talking amputation.
1: Uh, well, yeah, let's print the legend. Yes, <laughs> yes. I nearly lost my foot. Uh in fact, they said they would have to take it and really, yeah. God. Um <laughs> no, we did it. We like the whole plan was the first two records were tied to these journeys, right? Yeah. And the idea was that we were in a position this time round to document the journey to then share with an audience yeah. properly, outside of just my kind of stories. Um and then obviously we planned to do that in the lockdown and then and then the lockdown hit. Mm. But by that point we had gone to different channels to see if they wanted to be involved and all of them had said you need to self-fund it and then come and pitch it to us so we got private investment worked with a production company which is funny because it instantly makes it an indie film yeah you know <laughs> just because no one you know it's still they the same it. thing yeah. uh, so we've made an indie film ladies and gentlemen
0: um <laughs> about you almost losing your foot well here we go Very so then stuff.
1: by the time we actually came to do it and the country was open enough for us to do it uh, i'd written the album but then all these people were involved and kind of yeah. said you owe us a documentary, a, big, a big film walk.
0: Yeah, so we. So did you did it. So with the production company, the crew was with you the whole time.
1: So we had a support crew. We yeah. we did it was ninety five days, and we camped for eighty of them. We worked out. Wow. And so we, what we ended up doing was at the beginning, campsites weren't open to the public, and so we were able to rent them to film on. Okay. Then they started to open up again, and we found that just the amount of release forms you'd have to get people to yeah. sign. Because anyone passing in the background or anything. So we tried it a few weeks of staying on campsites and it was a nightmare. Um, So then what we ended up doing was there was a support team um, that traveled alongside with us, mostly for the dumping of footage and audio each day, for battery changes, uh, lens changes, and... We landed on this setup where they would stay in an Airbnb for a week that had a garden large enough or land for us to camp in. Okay. So we were like the kids in the garden camping. <laughs> you can come um, into the house, you know. Th- no, I know, no, I know. No, it's no. such a funny thing because then we'd go and use their like amenities in the morning and be like, God, this, is, this has yeah, got this a heated
0: floor. Amazing. Yeah,
1: like, why are we not staying in here? <laughs> but there was something the three of us... We wanted to do it. And and what we would do is they would stay there for a week and then we would get driven an hour each morning to where we finished the night before, walk, okay. and then get picked up, driven back, da-da-da-da-da. Now, the, the pros and cons of that were, A, it meant that we could make the film, which was great. And B, it meant that we were able to see certain things, like we could get dropped off a little okay. to the left and go and yeah. see the cave that isn't yeah, nice. quite on whatever it was. Um and the artists that we got to visit would, you know, we got to travel around and see them. The thing that we had to do away with was that kind of romantic notion of finishing a day's walking, setting up your tent. Nice. and, and we met people doing the trail. We probably met, we became a part of the WhatsApp group of people doing the jog, as it's called. Um <laughs> And so there was 30 or 40 of them that summer. That's what they were doing. Okay, um, But it's that's hardcore because obviously yeah. our team were able to supplement food and things like that, which meant that we weren't, I mean, I was the lunch carrier, which meant that my bag got lighter throughout the day and the boys <laughs> wouldn't change that. I was like, come on. Um, <laughs> but those guys, the hard bit is what are you eating? A lot of it was the kind of savoury huel was the, what they oh, were kind yeah. of surviving
0: on. Because you needed quite a lot of calories. Oh my great.
1: God, man. We'd finish a day's walking and honestly eat like a family shepherd's pie each. That's great. And not even feel the slightest bit of, you know, right. discomfort. It would be like, I mean, I could go again. Did you lose
0: weight? Um, not if you are eating shepherd's pie. No, we did,
1: yeah. man. We ate, used the most I've ever drunk
0: <laughs> in my life. <laughs>
1: like, because each night you're with your two closest friends around a campfire yeah. with a guitar. So we drank a lot. You know, we'd go into towns, meet people, go to their pubs. It was great fun. And And by the end, we were. We were fitter, for sure. I mean, we were covering between 20 and 30 miles a day. And it's it's like... It's a marathon a day. Yeah, man. At the beginning in Cornwall, we were doing more like between 12 and 15. But miles don't make sense on that coastal path. Because you're just up and down. If I'm honest, you start that leg of the walk... And it's the most beautiful thing you can imagine. Even just the... You're kind of giddy with the excitement. Of, we're doing this. Yeah. And then a week in, you realise that <laughs> the sea is still on your left.
0: It's a long old way. Oh, man. And that's... Yeah. What do you talk about on those things? I, I can imagine... If I'm on a long car trip with two of my best friends, you very quickly get into some rabbit holes mm. that you wouldn't expect to be in. But if you're on a walk for 95 days, what were some of the kind of... The, the conversational... Coldest you went down. Oh man, the best! Like, if you had to put all of your chips
1: on one conspiracy theory, which way are you going? <laughs> that kind of, and that would like that could honestly that could last like, two days
0: <laughs> of, like. What was your answer to that? What was my answer would be George Ezra's conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, the one <laughs> I believe. In. I
1: think that that whole for me the, the idea of some kind of Mayan superpower and they're they're having. We've like reached this point of technological okay. advances in the past, and then it all got eradicated somehow. Right?
0: That was going to happen in 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. Then maybe it's ten years delayed. Maybe it's 2022.
1: No, but the idea that like, yeah, I don't know that kind of thing. Like the the, the pyramids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's start with them.
1: <laughs> can we can we How? preface this by saying um, this isn't what I believe in, no, but no. if I
0: had to like yeah. believe in one. This is day thirty-seven. We're slightly delirious. Day thirty-seven. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Okay. Do so you think the pyramids in that mind state? The pyramids very impressive. Very Almost impressive. too impressive. I had
1: one friend of mine whose dad, when they were growing up, told them that the pyramids actually where the peak is was where the ground was level, and they just ducked down in a tri in the shape of a triangle. They just dug from the earth, so they, and as a they, kid, they believed that. Does that make sense? So, like, Egypt was really high, oh, what, they and they dug just the dug. Rest they, of they dug the rest of Egypt down, but left the shapes of the pyramids, which is. Great. I mean, that would
0: be even more impressive. <laughs> yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, but that was that. That kind of chat would, you know, that would keep you going. Did you have
0: serious, heartfelt?
1: Yeah, man, a lot. You, yeah. And and there's a. I heard once that a lot of good chats happen between people and um, blokes in particular the reference i heard or the um the example i heard was between fathers and sons happen mm. when driving because you're unable to make eye contact yeah, and so important. somehow you know that and, and for the most part we spent 3 months staring at the back of each other's heels marching along yeah and sometimes you'd almost catch yourself Truly just thinking out loud. And it wasn't even like you needed a
0: response. It was really. Just saying some.
1: Yeah, just you get into a conversation some, and, and you wouldn't expect a reply. And then someone, it might be even a day or two later, like, oh, you know that thing you were saying? I, da, da, da. It was a really, the way that conversation flow really changed. Wow. I think. Yeah. And, and at the end, I think we were all aware. I certainly was. I'll speak for myself. I was aware that I had experienced a life-changing experience. Wow. And I think we've carried it with us. I certainly yeah. have. What's bizarre is that the final clip of the film is more or less me saying, I will never walk from Lansing to John O'Groats again. <laughs> and it's been a year. We would have been on the walk today, right. for sure. So we would have been... What is it? we had been a month in of a three-month trip. Wow. And I'd love nothing more than to do it again now. Do it the other way. Yeah, I mean, but then... There are other walks. There There is other walks. That's the thing. Me and Adam were getting quite excited about the Appalachian Trail the other day, but that's a six-month really from wow. the top of the New York State down to Georgia. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. And that's like I think you properly you're going through deep. wilderness. Yeah. yeah. I said to him, "Is there anything you'd need to be like aware, like concerned with?" And he was like, "Well, yeah, bears." And I was Straight like, okay, so we're bears. not doing it then. Like, that's that's fine. Yeah, there's very <laughs> few bears in Cornwall. Yeah, very few. Very few. Um, so I said, well, that's enough for me to say I've had my fill of... Okay. Yeah, but who knows?
0: And you nearly lost a foot. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did, did you feel dramatically changed then? Did you feel like
1: a different person? Yeah, I think, like, going back to the last record, m- m- me finding that experience particularly difficult, Mm. that became the the thing that kickstarted me having a lot of conversations with myself, with family, with friends, sitting and thinking a lot. And it was almost like, as that was coming to this peak, we then did this journey and it all felt very, I don't know. What's the word? Serendipitous. That's, that's the way that it played out. And it, yeah. that, that, land getting to John O'Groats it kind of felt like the right thing had happened I don't know yeah
0: that's nice and it
1: it definitely plays a part in how I'm able to approach this record yeah yeah of course yeah
0: you obviously did a podcast with with your good friend Ollie is it Ollie yeah yeah phone a friend yeah which became a kind of I guess a touch point for a lot of people when they were assessing all of our relationship with mental health, all this yeah. language assessing our relationship. I don't know how to talk about it, which yeah. is part of the problem. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, how does that feel for you to be a kind of a modern touch point for a, a, such a big umbrella term like mental I think, health?
1: I think it's unavoidable to acknowledge the fact that that became, I think, somewhat in vogue. I think you can highlight that by pointing out the fact that there are however many ills and wrongs that don't get, yeah, spoken about but something happened where collectively we said this is something worth talking about and yeah. pursuing so I think there was almost like this mushroom cloud effect of people feeling I don't know empowered enough liberated inspired mm-hmm. enough to talk about these things somewhat publicly to the point where I think it became a bit it, you were desensitised to this yeah. thing the upshot of that though is that even the conversations I have with friends now separate to the fact that I've kind of actively pursued these conversations are different to how they were
0: yeah. Yeah. I've eight years that ago.
1: Well. Yeah, and I think that's the... And I recognise it even in circles of older generations that I yeah. am around. I recognise that. And I don't think there's any bad can come from that. No, um, In pursuing that line of thought, there was a point where... The idea for the walk was that we were going to visit different uh, locally run mental health charities along the way and document the journey that way. And so we filmed a few pilots and went and visited community choirs and things like this that were focused around mental health. And it became really apparent to me that a, we wouldn't be able to do this because it's these people's safe haven in a week and you roll in with cameras for their hour of respite or whatever I don't want to be that guy. But also you've kind of highlighted the difference between mental health and mental illness. And I found that fascinating. I think on the one hand, conversationally, if if we're better equipped to talk about mental health, that's great. Yeah, I think there's this other side to things, which is, uh, I don't know how you start. But dude, I don't know how you start with so many, like even back home, there's a few different uh, organisations that are helping as food banks in yeah. the town. And to see that in the town you grew up in, it's really surprising. Yeah. Uh, and then you, it doesn't take much to go, why is it left to people to yeah. get this together themselves? It's really odd. It's I find odd. That, that...
0: I've was, noticed the same thing. Going back to... I'm from Oxford, which is obviously a prosperous town relatively, but there's even there... Mm. It's, it's surprising to see it, and that, it, as you say, it's left to the good nature of mm. of people of just ordinary people. There doesn't seem to be, well, I don't know, but it doesn't seem to be much of the infrastructure that you just assume is there. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's the bit that I think was highlighted to me was just like, wow, this is we rely so much on the goodwill, as you said, of people in a community. Yeah, because without that, what would happen?
0: I don't know. It would be
1: no. knackered. Knackered. Mm.
0: what did it make you think about Britain then walking across it do you feel are there certain counties that are that you've suddenly got a new warmth for that you never thought about before the
1: whole thing man it's just unbelievably beautiful Yeah, that the whole thing was like we saw things I never thought I would see in the UK waterfalls that look like you're in Canada somewhere and mountains like surely we're in some Scandinavian, you know, it's just, (laughs) and crossing the border into Scotland, I would, there's no reason, I don't think, other than this ward, that I would have experienced the border towns. I didn't even know that's what they were known as. And we ended up staying just down the road from one called Peebles Peebles. for for about a week. And it was around the Euros. So we were going into town after the walk to go and watch the Euros in this pub. And just the, A, the walking around there, it's like, unbelievable we ended up doing a um like guided um fly fishing experience as well i think in part kind of inspired by bob mortimer and paul whitehouse that kind (laughs) of like oh let's give it a go but those towns and then we got to fort william that was about as far north as we got until kind of waving goodbye to in quotation, civilization, as it were, <laughs> because you are you in the wilderness. You can yeah, and there was a three days stint of the Highlands where your choices are either to take three weeks walking around the perimeter, or you walk through it for three days without any support road, right. and it was unbelievably miserable. It was like it was. People warned you about the midges, mm. but you cannot imagine like you put your hand outside your tent for 10 seconds in the morning and it would be covered.
0: Really? What? You could visibly see a kind of glove of Just flies? covered images. Oh my God.
1: Um, so you'd have to walk, no matter the heat or the humidity, you're walking with trousers, socks tucked into them, gloves on, a net over your head. Really? And your first step of every day is your foot going into a bog. So... Your foot is wet from the word go. Yeah. And it got to the point where we were almost sulking is the only word to use. <laughs> and then at the end of every day, you'd get to a, the top of a climb and look back and go like, oh, it was worth it. And and that's the like, if, dude, I'll show you a picture of my foot. If you're not squeamish at the end Please. of that three days stint. Unfortunately for you listeners, well, I put I it as a thumbnail. I feel, yeah, I don't know if I feel comfortable really putting thumbnail. it on the internet. Just, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can do your best job to describe, describe what this. you're
0: seeing. Oh, my God. Well, it doesn't look like a foot. <laughs> it almost looks like there's kind of new skin growing where there shouldn't be new mm. skin, but it's very white. Yeah, it looks like your foot's dead. A yeah. dead man's foot. Sounds like a place in Scotland. Oh, Toenails toe fell off. gone. It just looked like green. you'd held
1: your foot in a bath for three days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that experience was uh, yeah unreal. The fucking the letdown was you get to John O'Groats and there's not a pub.
0: Yeah, that's a that's an open
1: unbelievable. Bar. There's a brewery okay. that like you can go, but they kind of shut at five or six.
0: Yeah.
1: I was just like five oh five. Sorry. Yeah. Tough. I got that. I, I was genuinely like are you joking I've walked for 3 months yeah and there's not a pub what would be your drink afterwards at that point anything yeah but just it's more just the raising a glass <laughs> yeah a cold to. lager yeah. is what we wanted
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um so there you go if anyone's looking for a piece, I mean there are people <laughs> every day because the cycling goes on yeah, yeah. far more like for the walking there's about a 4 month 5 month period you can do it um, without it being too cold,
0: cycling so uh, you can do a bit longer. I think so. This is quicker,
1: and but people do it on their motorbikes all year round. Like it's just a bit of a, but have a pub then. Yeah, have a pub. Don't drink and drive, of course, no, but no, just
0: no, no, no. you know, have a pub, <laughs> yeah. sleep it off, <laughs> yeah. then drive back. So, well, uh, yeah, we're we're starting running out of time. But I wanted to ask you about you used to be your own podcast host. Mm. In fact, with with George Ezra and friends, that that that's now. You're not doing that anymore. No I ju- the time.
1: Yeah, I, d- I did two series of it, sitting down with other musicians, and genuinely loved doing it.
0: Yeah, you were very good at it. It was it was Thank really you, nice.
1: I started I started it back up on this record, and probably recorded four or five episodes, and it was just proving impossible to get enough. Yeah, interviews under my belt to warrant a series.
0: Yeah,
1: People are, I don't know, surely affected by the, like there's not as much free movement. of yeah. like people going, yeah, I'll come into town, you yeah. know. I, I, I don't know if this was stubborn to a point of fault on my part. But I was like, I don't really want to do them over Zoom. No. Like it's not. And then also when I started it in 2017, there was only really one other podcast that was a musician talking to musicians, which was Jesse Ware. Yeah, and now it's like a yeah. albums coming out, podcast. You know, it's it's yeah. the and so I kind of just said, does the world need this? I don't know. I don't think it no. does. Knocking. Probably it
0: doesn't need any of this. But it's quite <laughs> nice. But, do, do, but did you find it a different kind of discipline, an interesting experience? And I suppose my other question is when you're sitting down with these people who you probably admire and maybe have worked with, but maybe not, were they very different to how you thought they might be, some of them?
1: Yeah. Firstly, I genuinely loved it. I think the thing that it made me do is you kind of that – I think growing up, I don't think quite so much now, but music fandom was quite territorial, and it was like your identity was, I am this, I listen to this, I am not that. And then you kind of realise when you're backstage at a festival – God, everyone around me is going through the same thing I am. Hats off. This is knackering. So there's like that element of... And also, you realise that there are the the key cornerstones of what has to have happened at certain points that are kind of universal in people's experience. But then the thing, the nuance between each of those is unbelievable that the thing that surprised me the most was i would say 90 percent, 95 percent of the people i spoke to said oh i knew i had to do this and i do not relate to that in any way every time they'd say
0: it i'd be like really they knew they had to be a musician a yeah
1: i knew i had to pursue
0: this thing or what or, or that was the only thing they i don't
1: do. know if they were alluding to some injustice in the world if they weren't given <laughs> <Yeah>. the opportunities <laughs> they were well i don't know but it really i didn't it didn't That was the thing I was most surprised by. I thought that most people's experience was similar to mine, of like, this is amazing, you know? But, which I'm not saying they didn't think that, but there was like this element of...
0: A fate to it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you, do you feel more just, it's a kind of quirk of luck in a way, some of it? I think so. I think it's also... Yeah, it goes back to that this is a good
1: round so we're going back to where we start which is nice. good yeah this is okay, really clean. Nice. <laughs> it's that thing of like i just go it's quite obviously as a result of being young and saying yes to things and like, yeah, i'll try that out yeah you know i don't want to be flipping about it. i don't want to take away from the kind of work that goes into anything that people do or anything but there was a point where you start to become a bit of a local open micer in bristol and then someone says do you want to play a gig in bath and you go like oh. <laughs> i guess i mean for people listening that that's a 15 minute train journey <laughs> and you kind of go like oh yeah i guess i could or cardiff oh, and wow. then the, like the first time that you're asked to support around the country yeah, yeah. it's
0: like yeah I'll give it a go what have i got to lose I think we've been given our cue. Yeah. But it was nice because we did, it was actually perfectly circular. The
1: listeners will be so satisfied. They'll be very satisfied.
0: Yeah. So George, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And there's so much more we could have spoken about. but That feels pretty good. Thank you, man. Well, if you enjoyed that episode of the Gentleman's Journal podcast, you'll almost certainly love the Gentleman's Journal magazine, the world's finest dispatch from the front line of luxury, entrepreneurship and style. In fact, lucky podcast listeners like you now get 20% off our annual subscription. Just enter the code POD20 at thegentlemansjournal.com to find out more.